so. Yeah, we're definitely talking about that trailer. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 121 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petri. Watcha, Brian. <laughs> so, we finally got the Spider Man No Way Home trailer. <laughs> after so long, after all the speculation, <laughs> after months and months of people saying, oh, it's coming out this date, and it didn't come out nope. this date, and we finally got it. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise because right up to that point, the only indication that we knew that we were going to be getting a trailer is someone leaked it. Oh, mm-hmm. It was like the day before. Oh, okay. I didn't watch the trailer when it was leaked. I didn't want to watch what was literally a screenshot of a camera phone showing <laughs> the trailer uh-huh. being shown on another camera phone. <laughs> so obviously it looked like garbage and that was not the way that I wanted to see that trailer. Even knowing, you know, it might be days or weeks before we actually saw the trailer, but it came out the next day. What was funny was there are a lot of people online that were saying that Marvel had announced months earlier when the trailer was coming out that there was an Easter egg that told us exactly the date when the trailer was going to come out. Did you hear about this? No. Wait. So Marvel released an Easter egg in a different trailer? Well, the trailer came out August the 23rd, right? Okay. Let's go all the way back to WandaVision. Episode 1. Do you remember the calendar with the heart on it and all the confusion about what that heart meant? Do you remember that episode? Yes. Yes. Mr. Hart was going to be there. Yes. And most people didn't remember, but you know the date that was on the Really? That was the day? August the 23rd. (laughs) Yes. So a lot of people are saying that this was a Easter egg to say, hey, this is when the Spider-Man trailer is coming out. (laughs) Now, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not. It's very possible that this was all a coincidence. But if I were Marvel and this was a coincidence, I wouldn't tell anybody. mm -mm, Play that up. That's absolutely great. (laughs) So we got our Spider-Man trailer. And then, of course... Tons of speculation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it blew up. Like, up until now, all the memes have been like, Doctor Strange, he's going to be so mad at Loki, and he's going to be so mad at Wanda all over the timeline and everything. (laughs) Then we get this trailer, and Doctor Strange is like, you know what? F this timeline. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to totally, totally F this timeline, just because. And I have to tell you, it's fun to watch a lot of the speculation that's been going on. And there are certain things that I noticed in the trailer, and I'm like, I wonder if someone's going to talk about it. And people have been talking about Mm -hmm. it, which is really funny. But I remember the one scene in the trailer where Peter and MJ, they're going to the school, and there's all the people outside. Yeah, and trying to hide from the paparazzi, yes. Mm -hmm. And somebody's holding up this sign of Peter's face with horns and, and a mustache, and it says, Devil in Disguise. And I saw that and thought, Mephisto, Mm -hmm. it's Mephisto. Yes. Mephisto confirmed. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Metastopheles. Last time he was on screen, he was called Metastopheles. Yeah. In something. One of those Marvel Legacy movies, but I don't remember which one. It was Ghost Rider. Was it? Okay. Yes, Mm -hmm. because in the comics, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if those Ghost Rider movies are considered MCU canon, but certainly in the comic Mm -hmm. books, when Johnny Blaze sold his soul to save his father, in the original comic, they said it was Satan. 
mm-hmm. but then they retconned it to be Mephisto. Mm-hmm. And of course, going back to WandaVision, everybody was waiting for Mephisto to show up <laughs> because he was a part of that storyline about the two children. Mm-hmm. Because parts of his soul were used to... Speed and Wiccan. Yes, yeah. to create those children. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that and thought to myself, okay, someone's going to bring out that old chestnut again. We're going to talk about Mephisto. But it's a little more than just that. Because when you look at the trailer and you see basically what they're setting up, which is Peter Parker, the world knows that he's Spider-Man and he goes to Doctor Strange to cast a spell so that everyone forgets. And it looks like, oh no, if everyone forgets, that means... Everyone forgets. And his and MJ's relationship is over at that point, Mm. right? And then I remember a very unpopular but very famous Spider-Man story called One More Day. And this was... Just sounds sad. (laughs) Yeah, well, it is sad because what had happened was the world knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man and it was because of Civil War because he was on Team Iron Man like he was in the MCU. But their version of the Sokovian Accords basically said that anyone who was super-powered, they couldn't have a secret identity. And so in front of the press and everyone, Peter Parker says, my name is Peter Parker. I have been Spider-Man since I was 14 years old and announced to the world that he was Spider-Man and his world fell apart to the point that Aunt May was shot and dying in a hospital. And I will point out that one of the scenes in the trailer looks like, and it was right after, I think it was before or after Happy Hogan being surrounded by these men with guns with laser sights, but it looked like Aunt May's and Peter's apartment had been blown up. Mm -hmm. But in the comic, basically Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, had hired a hitman. And instead of Peter getting shot, it was Aunt May, and she was dying. And so he decided to make a deal. And in that deal, everyone would forget he was Spider-Man. But at the time, he was married to Mary Jane, and all of that was going to be retconned like it never happened. They would Mm. wake up the next day and they would not be married, nor would they remember that they had ever been married. Mm. And a lot of people really hated that story because, one, it was getting rid of, at that point, years of comic book continuity. And a lot of people liked the two of them together and the fact that it was going to be just thrown into the garbage. People hated that. Now, the main point, and the reason I bring this up, besides the fact that there are a lot of plot points from one more day that seem to appear in the trailer, in the comic book, the person who cast the spell to do all that, the person that Peter Parker made the deal with was Mephisto. Okay, so the whole speculation of is that really Doctor Strange could be that in the devil disguise you're talking about, is Doctor Strange Mephisto in disguise? I will say this. I don't know if that's for okay. sure. I can see why people would think that because mm-hmm. of all these other parallels between that One More Day story. Now, the one thing, obviously, that makes me wonder if that's what they're planning on doing is because since that storyline was so hated mm-hmm. by the fans pretty much across the board, I think the only Spider-Man story arc that was hated more was the Clone Saga. <laughs> and I always said that it would be funny if somebody made a comment in a Spider-Man movie about, Peter, you are so busy, somebody should clone you, and him to go, that's the worst idea ever. <laughs> that is funny. 
Now, we do know that the Netflix Marvel series were canon with the MCU before they all got canceled. So, I think it would be kind of neat if Vincent D'Onofrio did get to get in on No Way Home. Yeah. That would be kind of fun. Well, he certainly said he'd love to get a crack at it, mm-hmm. for sure. The thing about it is, though, the Netflix series, like The Inhumans, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. and Agent Carter, right? they are canon-adjacent. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly canon. Okay. And there have been people saying that a lot of this multiverse stuff, part of it is to take a lot of the TV stuff and chuck it away and say it's not part of the sacred timeline. <laughs> and, of course, there was that one scene in the first episode of Loki that it looked like that the TVA had taken Agent Carter, that Peggy Carter had been arrested. You didn't get a good look at that person, but, boy, did they certainly look like Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of talk that what the multiverse is going to allow Marvel to do is clean up the continuity and a lot of the TV stuff that Kevin Feige didn't have control of at the time, that he can basically sweep that under the rug and say, well, that was just another timeline, that was Uh, another deal, mm -hmm. and so we don't have to concern ourselves with that. Mm -hmm. But there's also been talk that the person who slammed the big pile of files next to Peter in the trailer was Matt Murdock, Daredevil. That Matt Murdock is going Uh to be his lawyer. Oh, brilliant. That'd be great. He looks up and Ben Affleck's there. (laughs) I would assume Charlie Cox, but there you go. But if we are getting Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, why not give us Ben Affleck? Looking at the trailer, now that we've had a chance to see it, and as I said, it was hilarious, all the speculation that's been going on with this movie in general, and everybody's been scrambling to get any kind of information at all. (laughs) It got to a point where, and I saw pictures of this, I couldn't believe it, but there was a movie theater that had Spider-Man No Way Home movie posters up. Oh. But there are no movie posters because they haven't released any movie posters. And I looked at them and I'm like, oh my God, this movie theater printed out fan-made posters. (laughs) Oh no. Who did that? They were desperate to get a poster. And a lot of this fan-made stuff is awesome. Yeah. And they were like, well, that must be the poster. Fan art. (laughs) Yes. It has to be the poster. So let's just go ahead and let's print it out then. Let's not wait for the poster. (laughs) There were these fan posters that that had been printed out. And put in the cabinets. and Did it even have the right resolution, enough pixels to be the size? Oh, I don't know. Well, they probably figured, I wish we had a better picture of it, but we got to take what we can get. Uh, Again, that shows you the power mm -hmm. of the fans and fans' ability to create stuff. Which, because of course I have to, I'm going to go off topic for just a second, because this makes me so happy. Obviously, a lot of the stuff that's been going on with Marvel and with Star Wars universe is a lot of de-aging special effects that they've been using Mm -hmm. for all kinds of different things. And they use de-aging for Princess Leia. Mark Hamill. And Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. The problem, of course, with de-aging is that if you're not careful, you can do the uncanny valley. Right. And it looks kind of creepy. And there were a few moments in those movies where it didn't quite match up. X-Men, Wolverine Origins. Yeah. And I have to admit, Mm -hmm. Princess Leia Mm -hmm. was just a little bit uncanny valley. Mm -hmm. But there was this YouTuber who decided to post some videos of his versions of those de-agings, which looked a heck of a lot better. Oh, they should hire him. They did. Awesome. Yes. I was afraid they were going to be like, who's this kid think he Mm -hmm. is and take all of his stuff down? But they were like, no, he's really good. And they gave him a job. Better than what we have. Yes. If he can do it better than what we got, let's let him do it. Yes. I thought that was amazing. Just shut up and take my money. Get in here. 
So, now that you've seen the trailers, any speculations, any um, pet theories that are rolling around in your head right now? Um, Not really at this point, you know, looking forward to seeing Green Goblin. I mean, my gosh, Doc Ock. What is the actor's name? Oh, Oh, uh, Alfred Molina. Man, he looks fantastic. I mean, he looks better than he did back in, you know, 2004 or whenever it was. Well, uh, I understand that Disney has a great de-ager guy. Oh, is that? I just thought he looked that good. I didn't think he was de-aged or anything. I thought, you know, dyed his hair, lost some weight. I thought he just looked that good. Man, and uh, to hear that Green Goblin voice, and I haven't looked at IMDb or anything, are we looking at Willem Dafoe? He was a great Green Goblin. He was a great Norman Osborn. If that is recast, you know, whoever they get. Marvel, they're just so good at casting. <laughs> they're so good at it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember if we talked about it here before about when Chadwick Boseman auditioned for Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. And he did the My Family and My Children speech. And the casting director, she said, he sounded like royalty. <laughs> and so I figure, you know, in the back of her mind, she's like, mm, we got to hang on to him. Keep him there. But they are so good at casting. So if they do recast any of those, I completely trust them. Really, me, it's just about who's going to be there and when they're going to show up. There's just been so much about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. So much, you know. I'm excited to see who we see. Yeah. A lot of people who spent a lot more time than I did watching these trailers in slow motion said that this may be like a Sinister Six film because they saw three other villains. Okay. Specifically, Electro, because we did have that lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. And we already know that Jamie Foxx has been hired for the movie, and he played Electro in the second Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And there's that scene where the lightning bolt gets blocked by this mound of earth that flies up and saves Spider-Man. And so, speculation, the Sandman. Ah, yes. Which was in the the first series of the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, the Venom Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, yeah, and there was some speculation about the lizard. There was that scene where Peter Parker's standing there and something is rushing him from behind and this energy force field blocks it. And a lot of people who slowed it down said, oh, that's the lizard. And we've had the lizard before. That was hmm. in the second of the Andrew Garfield films. Oh, okay. Or the first, I'm sorry, that's the first one okay. uh, because Electro was the second one. So we had those speculations. Mm-hmm. And obviously people have been tearing these things apart yep. and coming up with all kinds of crazy theories. Mm-hmm. And I've got a crazy theory. What's your crazy theory? So this is my crazy theory. And I'm basing this off of a little bit of the trailer, but also a lot of the behind the scenes things that I've been hearing about, some of the rumors that have been going on with Sony and Marvel and the fact that Sony seems to be really keen to push their Sony Spider-Verse forward and that being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't seem to be as important to them as it was before. Really? Because, Mm. well, they've already gotten the push from Marvel and so perhaps they are looking to cut ties and do their own thing. Mm. And so here is my theory. This is not going to be a movie that has three Spider-Men in it. It's going to be one that has four. And the fourth one is going to be our first live-action version of Miles Morales. Ooh. I think that the popularity of Into the Spider-Verse was enough that made Sony go, we need to have a live-action Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. That being said, I also believe that very much like the Ultimates comic, where Miles Morales was first introduced, this alternate universe Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I believe in this film, this is going to be where we see the last of our current Spider-Man, that he is going to make a sacrifice and he is going to die. No. I think that 
we are going to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Peter mm-hmm. Parker. Mm-hmm. He's going to die, and whoever they get from Miles Morales is going to take over. Mm-hmm. He will be the Spider-Man of the new Sony Spider-Man universe. That is my theory. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say because yeah. it's, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. But I have reasons to believe that because they're borrowing so much stuff from the comics and the fact that they are going off on their own way. And, of course, we talked about this before. There was that point where Sony was breaking away from doing another Marvel movie with Spider-Man. And Tom Holland stepped in and got them back together to the table. So we didn't really know what was in that deal, but that deal may have been just one more movie. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be it for Tom Holland. And I don't want to see it. Now, I am also going to say, and history has shown this to be true. My predictions are terrible. <laughs> Do I think that this is going to happen? I think that it's possible. But looking at my track record, I would say that it is more likely that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to be saved by a helicopter. <laughs> that is what I think is going to happen, honestly. Gotta have the magic Deus Ex Machina helicopter. And I think that's more likely. But <laughs> we'll see how well I do on this prediction. Mm-hmm. Uh, But I'm still looking forward to this movie, and the fact that this is a quote-unquote teaser trailer means that we're going to see some more before Christmas, Mm -hmm. and I am ready. Mm -hmm. And speaking of getting your mind blown, that's going to lead us to our next discussion, and it leads me to doing this. I am the Watcher. I am your guide through these vast new realities. Follow me and ponder the question. What the if? <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yes, we've needed a jingle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I decided to go in there and do it. And again, as I've said many times, I'm saying what the if, if, but if you mistook it for something else, it's perfectly understandable, especially with what we got this week. What the F is absolutely appropriate. Yeah. Because after two episodes mm-hmm. of feel-good television, right? oh boy, did they drop something more traditional when it came to What If Comics. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them tended to be real downers, and this one was pretty much a downer. So if you haven't seen episode three, obviously we're going into spoilers. Turn it off now. You got mm-hmm. your, This is your chance. Okay. They, they killed every all single one of them. Everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, so this one, it was definitely my least favorite of the three that we've got. But, you know, it's still like saying it's my least favorite candy bar. They're still good. But, yeah, it was an absolutely beautiful story, but an absolutely heart-wrenching. But it's very much like the hero's tale. And, and when I do, I'm looking at the part that Hope played, that yeah. she wasn't there. But it was her journey that brought this storyline on. And that she was that hero of this world. So, and every time it happened, I was surprised. Like, even it says in the title, what if we lost the mightiest heroes? But still, every single time I was like, no, no, the Hulk can't die. How did that happen? Well, a lot of people I've seen online complained about how they didn't feel that Thor should have been able to have been killed by an arrow. Mm-hmm. He's a god. How could he be killed by an arrow? It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. 
To which I will point out a couple of things. Number one, I have never seen anywhere in the comics or in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where Thor was arrowproof. Right. If the God of Thunder can be stopped by a taser, yeah. he can be killed by an arrow. And I will right. also point out that at the time, he wasn't a god. He had been depowered by Odin. He, yeah, couldn't he, even, he wasn't even worthy to lift the hammer at that moment. Yeah, he wouldn't have had the powers of Thor even if you know he had touched it. So, But, yeah, I, I can understand why a lot of people were not so cool with this episode because one of those characters was a favorite of yours, <laughs> you know, probably. <laughs> and yes. seeing him go out like that was not right. fun at all. <laughs> but again, it's very traditional with the What If comics because they were very much downers. Mm -hmm. There was one What If comic, uh, let me go off to the side on this, but talking about just how horrible these comics could be was we had an older Peter Parker in one of the What If comics. He had gone insane because all the time that he had spent, you know, he had been married to Mary Jane mm -hmm. and he has radioactive blood. And so when you spend a lot of time with someone who's radioactive, you tend uh. to develop cancer and she developed cancer and she died. Oh, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. So there was mm -hmm. an episode which was actually a nicer episode than the one where Peter Parker, after getting bit by the spider, was more spider than man. Mm. and was actually killing and eating people. So, mm -hmm. of course, reading a lot of the interviews for the showrunner and the writers and the directors, there was a lot of stuff that they wanted to do that people were like no 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 <laughs> uh, no that's no you you can't cross that line now some of the things that got turned down are things that i find really interesting because there was one guardians of the galaxy plot that they were planning on doing which they didn't talk about but this was something that they decided they were going to do and basically was told yeah tell kevin feige you're going to do that it's half the plot of the new guardians of the galaxy movie that's coming out <laughs> like, what in their what if, they actually came up with what the they were planning. Exact, yes. So whatever it was. Parallel thinking. And there were a couple of times, apparently, where people were saying, no, this is too close to what we're actually going uh, to do. Yeah. We have to go completely off the rails. Yeah. So. And I mean, obviously, the zombie episodes aren't going to be cool either. <laughs> they're, they're, well, they're going to be cool. Yeah, they're just not going to be pleasant. We'll just say that. Mm -hmm. uh, are these going to be based on Marvel versus the Evil Dead, or is that an actual what if in itself? Well, it started out as a what if, okay. and then it became this huge Marvel Zombies miniseries. Mm -hmm. And it continued to jump the shark in the most amazing way. Mm -hmm. When you have the Hulk, a zombie, <laughs> literally eating Galactus. <laughs> Well, I had seen, you know, the Marvel versus the Evil Dead with Ash on there and yeah. fighting zombie Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the whole Marvel zombies thing became so popular that they were starting to do crossover stuff. And they were yes. like, that was definitely the obvious one. But I do have to say, although this was a not as pleasant episode, it certainly had a lot of the benchmarks that I've seen in previous episodes. It was a little awkward for a moment to see... Black Widow, because obviously that's not Scarlett Johansson. Now, of course, the lawsuit and all that happened long before long, this was long recorded. And the fact they got Lake Bell to do Natasha's voice, mm -hmm. it was funny to me because apparently Lake Bell is attempting to corner the market on voicing redheaded comic book characters in animated series. <laughs> I would say most of the geek watchers out there will know her better as Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn okay. animated series, mm -hmm. which is hilarious and messed up and although not a whole lot of fourth wall breaking, it does have that Deadpool kind of feel to it. And they're... <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and she's great in that. And there was only a few times where I didn't hear Scarlett Johansson, but heard Poison Ivy more Mm -hmm. in Lake Bell's performance of Black Widow. But I thought she was a really good replacement. I thought it was also interesting, speaking of replacements, that we got scenes from the Edward Norton version of the Hulk. Right. With Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And... I think it even, he kind of looked like Edward Norton in those flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't look 100% Mark Ruffalo. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they drew a little bit into Ed Norton. And I love the fact that there were little Easter eggs in there that you're not going to catch necessarily unless you deep dive or you watch a lot of the 50 things you might have missed. Yes. Uh huh. My favorite had to be the Hope Van Dyne Odessa reference. Do you know that one? No, I don't. Mm -mm. This is a deep cut. But Odessa, Ukraine, this was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Okay. And this was when we first heard about the Winter Soldier, where Black Widow was talking about a mission she had to get an Iranian nuclear physicist, rescue him, bring him back to the United States. And they ran into the Winter Soldier. He shot a bullet that went through her stomach and killed the engineer. Where Natasha's talking to Steve about the Winter Soldier. It shows him the scar and everything, Mm -hmm. right? And this takes place in Odessa. And then you realize, oh, wait a minute, in this version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they didn't send Natasha, they sent Hope. And she got shot, but she didn't live. So Uh, the Winter Soldier killed Hope. Again, this is one of those little deep dives, unless you're putting those little blocks together. Mm -hmm. It's not something you're necessarily going to know right off the bat or something that you remember and you're like, oh, oh my goodness, like, oh, I can't believe this. But I love that little reference. And again, where people were making some complaints, they're like, well, aren't these shows supposed to be about where one decision makes all these huge changes? And this episode, although they didn't come out and say it, was the same thing. The decision that changed everything was Hope deciding to join S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. instead of staying with her father. To follow her mother's footsteps, that was the decision that changed everything. Again, it wasn't something that was blatant like in the first two episodes. It was more brought out to the front. Yeah, they said, here it is, exactly what happened. Right. This one, we don't hear about it till basically third act. That's the last thing is, why did this happen? Well, because my daughter died for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can understand why some people were maybe a little bit upset about the fact that there didn't seem to be enough clues. If you're working this out as a murder mystery, that maybe there wasn't enough indicators. They didn't play fair enough for you to figure out it was... Well, this isn't Agatha Christie. We, you know, we can... And I think that there were definitely some clues along the way. The whole oh, thing I had was... no idea. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> well, when the Hulk blew up and there was the talk about the nanotech, I was like, this is pin particles. At uh, that point, I was... Okay. When he <laughs> blew up like that, yeah. uh, I was like, okay. I didn't think it was Scott. The reason, honestly, that I thought that it might be Hank Pym is the comics. Mm -hmm. Because in the comics, he has played the villain. Yeah. I won't go into all the details Mm because they're not very pleasant, some of them. Yeah, I knew at least about one, so... uh... Yeah, he was not very kind to his wife in the that, comics. That was the one I knew about, yeah. Yeah. And didn't Steve Rogers beat the crap out of him because of it? What you're probably thinking of... Uh Yeah, that was the Ultimates universe, but even in the main 616 Marvel universe, Mm -hmm. there was a scene where he punched Wasp right in the face. Oh, okay, so that's not, I'm thinking of where he sent the ants after her. Right, that's Okay, that's the Ultimates, all right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's Mm -hmm. the Ultimates, and uh, in the comics, he was the one responsible for creating Ultron. Oh. 
Huh, okay. Yeah, in the comics, not the best guy. And the fact that he shows up in the uh, yellow jacket armor, which, of course, in the comics, he was yellow jacket mm-hmm. when he started going crazy and, and angry and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had suspicions that mm-hmm. they might revisit that. And the fact that Michael Douglas was willing to come in and do the voice for it, I thought was awesome. And I'm of the same mind you are. It's probably my least favorite of the ones so far. Mm-hmm. But it was still really good. It was but just it was good. my least favorite. So. Yeah. It was one of those where you had to sit there for a bit and decompress and drink some chai tea and go, <laughs> it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. It'll be all right. It's not real. It's not, it's not real. <laughs> well, I mean, when it goes well, it's not real. It's like none of it's real. But uh, give me the good not real, you know. So at this point, I know that there were some people who'd done reviews that they were allowed to see the first three episodes. And so from this point on, people who got early access, they're in the same boat we're in now. Ah, Flying blind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's coming. We don't know what's coming. And they may tip things off in next of trailers, but I don't watch them because I don't want to (laughs) know. I don't want to know anything. I just want to be happy and surprised when it comes in. Although the danger of doing that is to sit down in front of my TV and suddenly the words, what if we lost the world's mightiest heroes? And you have to sit there and go, oh, what are we getting into here? We'd be under Loki. (laughs) Yeah, it would be unpleasant. It would definitely be unpleasant. (laughs) So speaking of unpleasant, one last thing before we go, because last Sunday we got The Walking Dead. Which you said that you hadn't seen. No, I haven't seen. So we're not going to do a lot of spoilery stuff. I don't know okay. exactly how much. It was mostly set up. So did we get the Commonwealth? Did we get the Reapers? I think we got a hint of the Reapers. Okay. And they're not quite in the Commonwealth yet, but we did get the feeling that our intrepid explorers are being tested to see if they should be allowed to be brought into the Commonwealth. Hmm. Okay. And you see that things are very organized and maybe a little tyrannical. And so there's a lot of that stuff going on. And of course, we find out that Princess, besides the fact she talks an awful lot, she's really observant and really understands people. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, I would say almost to a Sherlock Holmes uh, okay. level of intellect when it comes to mm-hmm. being able to look at people and figure things out. It was a very interesting thing to introduce to her character. I thought that was interesting, but of course, the main story has to be Negan and Maggie. Well, how'd that go? <laughs> uh, well, are we okay, since you want me to tell you, I will tell you. Okay. And spoilers, obviously. Yeah. Because of the fact that they're pretty much almost out of food, they break into a military base through the roof to get MREs. Yeah. More people have been coming to Alexandria, and they're definitely low on food. And Mm -hmm. so Maggie talks about her old settlement and that there's plenty of food there, but there's also these other people, very likely the Reavers. And so they decide they're going to head out to take care of business, kill them off if they have to, grab the food, and bring it back to Alexandria. But they got to go through D.C., and nobody knows D.C. as well as Negan. And so Negan is part of the party. Mm -hmm. And so you know that's going to be an issue. Yeah. And they find themselves having to go through a subway tunnel, a very long one, to get into the heart of D.C. And you have all of this infighting between Negan and Maggie. I mean, obviously, they're not on the best of terms right? in the best of situations. Uh-huh. And, of course, Negan is just getting the short end of the stick in all this because who's on Negan's side, really? Right, yeah. Daryl is there, and he's adding into it. 
along this tunnel, they find all these plastic bags with zombies in them, mm-hmm. with walkers. And it goes as far as they can see down the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's a death march through this thing. And Negan is saying, this is a bad idea. And Maggie's saying, shut up, we're going. Mm-hmm. And there's this one scene where this kid who's in the party, this huge, massive zombie grabs him. And Negan gets the zombie off of him. Right, and pushes him against the wall with a crowbar, and he's struggling with this thing. And he finally gets this crowbar through this thing's neck and kills it, right? Good. And he turns around, and everybody's just standing there watching him. No one helped. No one helped. But then again, this is Negan, and there's a scene where he's had it. He's just had it with Maggie, and he says, look, if you want to go, then you go ahead and go. And she said, no, you're going with us. He says, no, I'm not going to die in the dirt like a bitch, like Glenn did. And I'm going to... Ouch. I'm going to say this. Jeffrey Dean Morgan fought tooth and nail to not say that line. He did not want to say that. He said, that was too far, even for me. But they made him say it. (laughs) And Maggie pretty much put a gun to his head. Right. And said, I can't, you know, I need you now. But once I don't, you're done. (laughs) This is it. So you knew things were going to go bad. Yeah. And it did, in fact, go bad because they got farther on down the tunnel and there is this huge train in the way with rubble all the way around it. Yeah. Then they hear a noise behind them and apparently there are all these walkers. It's an army of walkers and they're in this tunnel. And then Dog freaks out and runs through a hole in the wall and goes under oh, no. the train. And Daryl goes after him, and everybody yeah. else is trying to climb on top of the train, right? And Negan goes up on the top of the train, and then Maggie is, she's the last person, and she's heading up to the train. And uh, she's trying to get herself over to the top, and a walker grabs her by the foot and starts to pull her down. And, mm-hmm. and then you see Negan look over, and he's like right above her, and she yells for Negan. He just turns around and walks back. <laughs> and, and she's... Scarred Mufasa. <laughs> yeah. And that's where they ended it, with her being pulled into the mob of walkers. This is one of those things where they're both right. Yeah. You know, he killed her husband, the father of her child. And yes, she does need him. But in their world, she has the right to kill him. So he's not going to let her kill him. So yeah, they're both right. (laughs) And the thing about it is he has had an arc. You know, he's not the same guy. Then again, go back and watch that scene. You know, when you first see him and you're like, oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, that guy. Mm -hmm. That guy is pretty bad. And that's Mm -hmm. all you knew of him. Then you get it. And yeah, it's one of those situations that you're exactly right about it. It's like, well, you get both why either Mm -hmm. one of them did it. The truth is, you know, Negan is taking a real risk because what is going to happen if Maggie extricates herself from this situation and rejoins the party? Mm -hmm. Negan's dead. He is flat out dead. And Mm -hmm. even if she doesn't and Maggie dies, what are they going to say? What's Daryl going to say? It's like, you let her die? Mm -hmm. Because everybody knows he was the last one up before. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I'm really wondering if they're going to do the same thing with Maggie that they did with Glenn. Yeah. Which was, he had died, quote unquote died, that he got pulled off of a dumpster and was Mm -hmm. surrounded by zombies. And we had thought he had died, and it took two or three episodes before we knew that he hadn't. Mm-hmm. which upset a lot of people, and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is going to be a road you want to go down again. <laughs> Do you want to, in fact, have us think that Maggie's dead for a couple of episodes and then bring her back? I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a good idea, but this is certainly a weird cliffhanger in the fact that we don't know what's going to happen, but I don't see how anything good happens from it. Either Maggie dies and Negan takes the blame for it, or Maggie comes back, she survives, and Negan takes the blame for it. I don't see how Negan gets out from under this, for mm-hmm. sure. But the truth is, it's like, what would have happened if he had saved her? 
That's the thing. Does that really change anything? No, she still would have killed him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if there's any way out of this. And again, for the stuff that he did, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not like you could just wipe all that stuff away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a guy who's trying. He's definitely trying to do better. And he's had his moments. And, you know, a lot of people have said, and I tend to agree, if we had started out The Walking Dead with Negan, especially that episode with him and his wife, mm-hmm. then we probably would have been on his side. We'd be rooting for him, yep. We'd mm-hmm. have been rooting for the saviors and we would have understood it, which I think makes for a great villain. If you understand the villain's motivations, mm-hmm. like Killmonger in, mm-hmm. in Black Panther. Vlad yeah. the Impaler in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole idea that you can at least understand why he did what he did. And it is one of those situations where if you were standing up there and here's this person who's been threatening to kill you and says they are going to kill you. And you know that they've been an issue for a while now. And it's been years at this point. What would you do? Mm-hmm. It's a tough decision to make and certainly an extremely tough decision to make in the heat of the moment and also he reaches down to grab Maggie what keeps Maggie from tilting him forward right <laughs> right into the pack of them so that she can get over mm-hmm. so I don't know what the answer to this was mm-hmm. there wasn't any good decisions to make but again that's the nature of the show mm-hmm. it's a good place to be only bad decisions and what's going to happen next why well, we love the cliffhangers yeah so we got next week so we'll find we'll out what see. happens We'll definitely see uh, what happens next. And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 121 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the Geek Watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the GeekWatch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The GeekWatch podcast is a Hanging J production.